Hi, I'm Tom Savini, and you're watching Without Your Head. But why? Without your head, I'm Nasty Neil. That would make me a terrible choice. I'm Trisha. And we're joined by actor, novelist, horror director, haunter, and deflated balloon collector Joe Filippone. Hey guys, good to have you here. Good to be here. Thank you. Yes. So, uh, first of all, when I said haunter, it almost seems like you'd be a ghost then. But could you explain what what haunter is? Yeah, so um, a haunter is just another word for a scare actor. So basically, I'm one of those people that um, during haunt season in October, I'll be in the haunt world scaring you. And I even do it all year long. I'm very lucky that I work for a few companies, um, Extreme Haunts, that do shows all year long. A lot of times it's just a one-night private show for a select few clients. Sometimes it's uh, it can be over a month. During the pandemic, one of the companies I worked for, Black Mass, we did a, a Zoom uh, immersive haunt. So, and we did that for the whole month of January, which was fun. How did the, how did you get involved in that? Um, I saw an audition for scare actors for, I believe it was the Haunted Hayride, the, the either the Great Horror Camp Out or the LA Haunted Hayride, and um this was like maybe 10 years ago and i thought it was just another acting job i was like well i can have a steady work for the whole month of october and get paid for it and i love halloween i love haunted houses i used to go to them all the time as a kid with my dad um so i figured why not and i went to the audition and it was a lot of improv so i was like i can do this i know how to improv i've done you know tv shows and movies where it was just all improv and they liked what I did and they hired me and I met other scare actors and haunters through that. And some of the people who worked there, they also had their own haunts and I formed a friendship with them and was like, hey, can I come and do stuff for you? And they said, sure. And then my name, from what I've heard, has gotten around in the haunt community and some of the stuff I've done is still talked about. So it it, it kind of like everything in my career so far um just kind of seemed to happen at the right time and the right moment and then from people talking about me like i I, so much of the the stuff that i get on camera voiceover stuff it's because i'll get a an email or facebook message or a text and be like so and so said that i have to hire you for that because they said you're really cool or you're really neat to work with and you're not going to cause problems so will you do this project for me and i'm like Okay. <laughs> well, that comes up sometimes on the show, and it almost seems like 
almost like common sense to me, but uh, it is important to uh, to be friendly to people and and not to do it because you hope to get something out of them. But, uh, you know, people would want to be around you then. Exactly. And people, especially in our business and in acting, you know, people always know if you're being disingenuine and if you're being nice just because you want to get a job or because, you know, all of a sudden the person is, I don't know, on a hit show or a hit movie and, and now famous and, and stuff like that. So we all know. And it's happened to me, too, where it's like, you know, people that haven't talked to me in years, um, all of a sudden I'll, you know, book something that, I don't know, is on Amazon Prime or um this just happened with the the movie that I was just doing in, in Sedona. We got a write up in Deadline about it. And I think also Bloody Disgusting. I don't know. It was like in, in like four or five different of the, the online things. And then all of a sudden these people who, you know, I would just message some of my who I thought were friends and just being like, hey, how are you? Or I haven't talked to you in a while. Let's hang out. And like, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, I saw your, you know, you mentioned in Deadline. Let's grab lunch let's get coffee let's do this and i'm like no now i'm too busy for you like come on dude don't don't be that that you know transparent it goes uh, both ways yeah so uh when did you first when was it when did you first decide this was something you wanted to pursue you wanted to become an actor or an entertainer i was three years old and i saw the wizard of oz after it was over, I turned to my mom and dad and I pointed to the screen. I said, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I asked if we could watch it again. And my mom uh, rewound the tape because this was in the days of VCRs and VHS. And after one viewing, I had the whole movie memorized and I was standing in front of the TV, like saying the lines and, and acting it out and singing the songs and stuff. Um and I did my first play when I was six. I was a dancing platypus in a Christmas pageant. And that's just all I've ever wanted to do. Everybody, whenever they would ask, oh, Joe, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was always actor and writer, actor and writer. Like I never went through those other phases of like, I want to be a cowboy or an astronaut or a firefighter or anything like that. All the fights that me and my parents had when I was growing up, it was always because I wanted to go to Hollywood and be in the TV shows and the movies that I was watching and that I was growing up. And, you know, imagine like a, a little seven-year-old, you know, arguing with their parents being like, you hate me and you're ruining my life and you don't want me to succeed because my parents wanted me to have a normal life because my parents are older. They're in their seventies now. So they had seen, you know, a lot of their favorite TV shows or movies with the child actors that had gotten into drugs or alcohol problems or went to jail, committed suicide, you know, all of that. And they didn't want that. They didn't want that responsibility on their kid to be like the breadwinner or to like suddenly be in the public eye and get into all this trouble or whatever. But those were always the big fights I had with my mom was about even when I was a teenager, never got into fights with her about wanting to get a car or staying out after curfew or wanting to like drink or do drugs or have sex. It was always like, want to go to LA. I want to go to Hollywood. I want to go to Hollywood. And she never, it, she, she was like, you know, when you're 18, when you're an adult, then you can do it, but you're not, you're not going to be a kid, a kid actor. She let me do community theater in Denver and she let me do um, student films and independent films um, when I was a teenager but it was always if it didn't interfere with school. 
So mm -hmm. a lot of the times when I was doing like the theater and stuff as a kid, it was during the summer or it was during school breaks. Oh, looking back, do you think that's for the best? Like, do you think things might have turned out differently if you went out there? I don't know, for, for the worst or maybe for the better if you went out there when you were younger? I mean, who knows? Like, we may be having this conversation on a yacht or like <laughs> in a mansion in the hills. Um, you know, it's like I'm not going to gonna pretend to, to be like that enlightened person be like, yes, they did it for the best. And my life is so great because of that. Like, no, I still have resentment with with my mom and and my dad about that because it's like it's it's not more so of like oh if they would have let me gone out i would be like rich and famous right now this is gonna sound so stupid this is how my brain works i look at all the tv shows and movies and stuff that came out when i was a kid that i still love and like i get jealous that i'm not in them like i'm <laughs> like i want to be in are you afraid of the dark i would have loved to have been in like you know clarissa explains it all or or can't hardly wait you know 10 things i hate about you you know, like all that that stuff so that's where where i'm like yeah they were wrong in that thing but then i think about all the experiences that i was able to have and all the people that i know all the friends that i that i know and i'm like i probably wouldn't have known them like i probably wouldn't know trista i probably wouldn't be here talking to you guys and and so many of the amazing opportunities and and projects that i have been a part of probably wouldn't have happened. I probably wouldn't have gotten into haunting and I, I wouldn't have my haunt family and, and my friends who are scare actors, like they are, they're like family to me. I'm so close to, to so many of them. So uh, since you went out there, uh, you said you still have some, you know, uh, issues there, but uh, what is your relationship with your parents like now? If, if you don't mind talking about. Oh no, I'm, I'm open. You can ask me anything. Um, I have a good relationship with my parents. I'm close to my mom. I'm getting closer to my dad. Um, my uh, dad left when I was seven. Uh, my parents are separated. They're still married legally. And so they would try to get back together and like reconcile, but then they would have fights and my dad would move out again. And then he'd move back in and move out again and, and all of that. So he was around when I was growing up but it wasn't like we were you know this family that like was went on vacations and and did all of that stuff like when my dad was you know living with us we always ate dinner together like my mother insisted on that um but I was always really close with with my mom because she always supported me with doing the artistic stuff so like when I say like she wouldn't let me go to Hollywood it wasn't that she was like no you can't be an actor it was just like you can't be an actor right now she was like go to school and like learn how to act so you'll actually be good so that you'll actually have a long career you know even when I was like I want to be a writer she was like great read everything so you can be a really great writer like the you know people that you like to read um and now that i'm i'm older and and more mature and and all of that good stuff me and my dad are getting closer and we've been able to work out a lot of the issues you know that we have i you know i'm sure anyone that is from that kind of family where it's like you know there was fights or like dad wasn't always around like you know you get it like when you're a kid you don't understand it and you don't like your dad but then you grow up and and you actually talk to him as an adult and the same with my mom like i've had really good talks with my mom as an adult 
and and been able to talk to her um that way so you know i i I talk to my parents not every day um although my mom just got her first cell phone so it's really cute she like texts me every day um so we do that which is which is nice but i haven't seen my parents in like five years i haven't been home to visit in five years and that's not because we don't get along but it's um just because i'm really busy and they're really busy like my my mom still works and my dad is retired but he has a lot of health problems um so it's just trying to find the time when like our schedules will mesh and then especially when covid came out i was like i don't want to like be around my dad who you know he's been smoking since he was like 12 so he's got copd and like lung cancer he's on oxygen i was like i don't want to put him at risk my mom's a care uh giver for elderly people i was like i don't want to put my mom at risk where she can't work or like she puts her clients at risk and and all of that um but i'm thinking now that you know we're all vaccinated me and my parents and and I'm going to get my booster. My parents have their boosters. It's like, I'm, I think we're finally at the point where it's like, okay, I can come out for a visit or now my, my dad, bless his heart. He's trying to get my mom to come out to California with him to, to visit me. He's like, we should, I'm trying to get your mom to go out for, for a weekend uh, to see you out there and, and to do the sites. Um, Cause that's the interesting thing about my parents. I know I'm like kind of rambling, um, but they, they love each other but they're not good together. They're better apart. And I I wanted to bring that up because I think that happens with a lot of parents where they do actually love each other, but when they're around each other, they bring out the worst in each other. So they need to have that distance or like not be around all that time. And so I didn't understand it as a kid, but I understand it now. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that that can actually be a healthy relationship and a healthy family. And I mean, when I was able to go home, like I loved it that, you know, I'd go home for Christmas or Thanksgiving and then, you know, my dad would come over to my mom's and and we'd eat, you know, whatever, be that like happy family. And then my dad would leave like usually right before they would start to butt heads and fight, you know, because they're they're both Italian. My dad's a Taurus. My mom's a Capricorn. So it's like, you know, and they both like to fight and they're both stubborn. Um, but yeah, so, so long story short, I I'm close to my parents. There's a very healthy relationship for us. And it's a very loving relationship for, for us. It may not work for everybody, but for what we need from each other, it's very fulfilling. Like I don't, I don't have any regrets that I haven't been home for five years. Do I miss not seeing them? Yes, especially because they're both older. Um, and so I don't want anything to happen to my parents and be like, oh my God, I haven't seen them in, in this long. But I talk to them enough where it doesn't feel like I'm not, like I'm missing out on anything. Like I, I send them you know, photos and videos of stuff that I do all the time. And I think that's, I mean, that's one of the great things about cell phones is we can have that relationship and communication and still have that distance. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, you might not have known Trista, you know, when you're talking about coming out. So uh, how could you, uh, how did you two meet? 
I, I, I know it's a, a movie, but let everyone know. I assume I was on the movie. Actually, I don't know. Maybe you no, guys. It, it, it was, but I it we, it was uh, the one that we just did, right? It was it was Hell's Coming for You. We didn't know each other before then, right? No, oh. I kind of feel like we did because we got on very well right away. That's but, why. That's yeah. why I had to stop and 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 think. No, but we actually like just met. When did we film that? Like two months ago. Maybe yeah. No, that it was right. No, no, one month. It was a month ago. Yeah, because because we did that, and I only had like a week off when we when I came back from Nevada before I went to Palm Springs. Yeah, so um, we we did a movie together last month, an action movie called Hell's Coming for uh, for you, and we um, I, I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say like we're we're associates in the same business, and. It was one of those awesome things where it's like you just meet someone and you kind of vibe right away and you're like, I like this person. I think it's similar to me. Um, I want to talk to them. I want to, you know, be all this. So we would talk, um, you know, in between takes and whatever. And then when they rolled with our scene, we just kind of started doing all this stuff. Um, We didn't talk about it. We didn't plan it out. It was just like happening naturally where it's like, I would put my arm around her. She would like put her head on on my chest or whatever. And we would just like do all this weird stuff where it's like we established that our characters had history and had a relationship, but you don't, it's never explained in the movie. Um, But I think that's interesting. And I don't think that that would have happened if we hadn't have had that like instant vibe. I don't know, maybe we knew each other in a past life or something. Maybe, I'd like to think that. (laughs) Yeah. We were both yeah. child stars on the same show that I was <laughs> in that alternate reality. Exactly. Uh, Trista, do you have a question for Joe? I do. Joe, I know you're a big horror fan. Can you yeah. talk about some of your favorite horror films? Oh my gosh, that's that's so hard. Uh that's like asking someone who their favorite child is. Um <laughs> I love um I love Friday 13th part two and the Wolfman because those were the first uh, horror movies that I ever saw. I saw both of them. I think I was like seven or eight with my parents. Um, And I love horror movies that take place in the woods and, and stuff. I think especially at night, like the woods are creepy. You don't know what's out there. There's all these sounds. You don't quite know what's going on. You know, your mind can play tricks on you. Um, I love a lot of the old, like, 70s exploitation horror films. I love the Ilsa series, Ilsa Shewa for the SS. Um, that's one of my favorites. I, I was really sad when Diane Thorne died, because I always said if I ever got married again, I would go to Vegas and have her and her husband marry me and have her wear the Ilsa costume. I, w- I thought that would have been so cool. I always wanted to work with her, too, because um, me and her had kind of the same ideals and thoughts about acting so i i always i i like to imagine that if if we could have worked together we would have been friends and and just had really good talks about about acting and stuff like that um i you know of course there's always the the cliche ones like the exorcist and and all of that stuff but i i actually like um exorcist three uh for the the hospital scene 
And and I agree that that's probably one of the scariest scenes ever filmed, just with all the tension and stuff. Um, yeah, I can just go down like the the list of almost like every year and just be like, oh, this is from my my favorite decade. I love Asian horror films, and I'm I'm on a I I, I usually watch a lot of Asian horror and a lot of Korean horror, and I don't know if it's just because the Asian countries are so much older than ours and just have so much more like traditions and superstitions and stories. But I think the Asian countries get horror right. And I think they know how to create tension. They know how to create interesting stories that you care about, uh, characters that you care about and want to see what happens to them. And they can create these worlds where you're just, you know, you're you're engrossed in them and you want to know what happens and you're interested in in the bad guy in the in the killer you know you've got stuff like you know the ring and the grudge you've got the tome series um and and i i like that they take their myths their superstitions and they'll just make a movie about it you know they i i watched like this four-part series on the slip mouth woman and that it was like terrifying what they did with with that legend and and stuff so i always recommend asian horror to to people i'll i i always will make people watch watch that oh and hell house llc because i think that's one of the better found footage movies that's been done the um you said wolfman and um a nightmare on elm street part two were the first Friday two, 13th two. Friday 13th part two i'm sorry um so how 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 long was that after wizard of oz that you started watching horror movies um well, I don't know if it's just because I'm a Scorpio or because I was supposed to be born on Halloween, but Halloween's always been my favorite holiday, and I've always been attracted to the scary stuff. Um, so when I was a little kid, like my favorite cartoons was Scooby-Doo, uh, Johnny Quest, especially the ones where they would go after the real the the real monsters, like when they're going after the Yeti and the Invisible Monster and stuff like that. Um, I used to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? every week like i never missed an episode when i when i was a kid and i always liked with the with the cartoons and with the shows on nickelodeon when they did their halloween episodes and even the stuff on like you know the the sitcoms when they would do the halloween episodes those were always my favorites and i don't know why um because it that stuff wasn't like really like we celebrated halloween and we would you know decorate and go out and and trick-or-treat and stuff like that but it's not like that was my parents lives you know and and my my dad like horror movies but my mom hates them like she doesn't like to be scared and my dad would take me to haunted houses because i would like throw a fit and like want to go and and do all that and i just i love to be scared i always have and i probably always will um but I don't know where that came from. I don't know what that fascination with like vampires, witches, ghosts, demons, all of that. And it's never left. It's only like more intensified. Like I'm still just as fascinated by all that stuff as I was when I was a kid. Like I'll go down those like YouTube rabbit holes of just like watching stuff about possessed dolls or like watching documentaries on like satan or satanism or witches or vampires and all that because i'm always like how did this start how did this 
thing go to, you know, all of these cultures, every culture has something like that, you know, and then my mind starts to go like, well, maybe there it was real at one point and like someone had an encounter and went home and said that or like, you know, all, all of that stuff. I wish I knew. They would answer so many questions that I have about <laughs> myself. Uh, Marsha in the charm says her dad introduced her to horror. Uh, oh, and she's cool. uh, enjoying the interview and likes the hat. <laughs> uh, Tristy, another question? Yes. So I'm always interested in what scares horror creators. So do you have any fears or phobias uh, that you can share with us? I am terrified of the water. Um, I'll go into like a swimming pool, but I won't go in the deep end. My feet always have to touch the, the bottom. I won't go into the ocean. I won't go into the lakes. I like going to lakes and going to the beach and looking at the water, but I won't go in there. Um, it's just not knowing what's down there scares me, you know, and just like the water can be so unpredictable you know, a wave can come and, and pull you under like you don't know. Um, plus, you know, I mean, my joke is, you know, I've seen all those horror movies. I've seen Jaws, Piranha, Tentacle, all that. Like, I know what's what's there. Um, I'm also claustrophobic. Um, but it, it's weird. Like, I can go into like, uh, like if I, if I have to do a movie and I have to go into a coffin or crawl into like, you know, a tunnel or whatever, I can do that. I just can't be in a in in like a box or something where i can't get out like if 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 it's gonna lock i can't do that or if i'm in like a a tube or something and it's gonna press down on me where like i can't move then i start to panic as long as i can move and i know that there's like that way out then i'm totally fine um that's just like real fears uh that i have and even those, you know, who knows how real they are. Um, in terms of just other things that scare me, and this is going to sound so stupid, but um, I'm 35 and I'm scared of the dark. Um, <laughs> I really am. Because like, you know, again, it gets to that thing where it's like your mind starts to play tricks on you as your eyes start to adjust, you know, and stuff like that. And then just the creative person in me, I'll be like, oh, what if that shadow is really this and and all of that? Um so uh, yeah, I'm 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 afraid of the dark because I you know I believe in ghosts. I believe in in all of that stuff. Um, what else am I afraid of? I have a love hate relationship with snakes. Like I'm fascinated by snakes, especially venomous snakes, but I'm terrified of them. Um, and I don't know where that comes from. But I and I'm especially fascinated by uh, cobras and. Uh, black mambas and rattlesnakes um one thing that i would love to get and it's and I'll, I'll never get it because it's illegal to import it here in the in the u.s is to actually get a bottle of snake wine and every time i have people like any of my friends that go over to like you know asia or or the middle east or, or india i have a friend in india right now doing a movie i'm always like see if you can smuggle some snake wine for me <laughs> I would be terrified to have the thing in my house, but I think it'd be cool to like look at it. I think it's really cool. I've eaten. Maybe it would help battle your phobia, huh? Maybe it would help battle your phobia if you yeah, drank maybe. the snake one. 
Maybe. I'm probably so scared of like snakes because I've eaten rattlesnake. I really like rattlesnake and I want to actually eat uh, cobra and I want to do it like the traditional way where you pick it out and, and you know, they slit the throat and you take the shot of the blood and then afterwards you eat the heart and stuff like that. Um, so maybe I'm just scared that like the spirits of like these snakes that I want to eat are going to come and like get revenge. <laughs> yeah, telling everybody that you want to eat their hearts probably not going to help. Uh... <laughs> right there live any cobras are listening right now yeah <laughs> uh mike stack says his phobias are just like mine except for claustrophobia oh cool uh see so, uh writing do you still write are you writing anything currently i do still write um i wish i had more time to do it i'm actually uh working on a screenplay i did a short horror film called one foot away um which has gotten a lot of really good feedback and it's actually been uh nominated for some awards in a film festival that i put it in too but i was really like fascinated by this story that i created so i'm working on expanding it into a full-length feature um and i've got a few novels that i'm working on too because that's that's what i am when i say i'm a writer um i'm a novelist i've published seven novels and over 60 short stories um and i've written plays i've had plays of mine produced i've helped write screenplays i've worked as a script doctor and and given feedback and all that but that's not my favorite thing to do i feel very um i guess for lack of a better word stifled when i try to write a play or a screenplay i feel like oh there's you know i i have to do it like this way I can't get as detailed as I want to be. Whereas like with the novel, I feel more like, you know, oh, I really am God. I can create this world and these characters and, and really have the the vision of what I see in my head come come onto the paper. Um, What kind of novels do you write? Like what genre are they? So I got like my little infamy in writing as an erotic novelist. So uh, mostly erotic, uh, erotic romance. My third novel was a horror novel. Um, and I want to do more horror. I actually, believe it or not, always wanted to be a young adult and a children's author. So I still have those dreams and I still have ideas for, for those. Um, and I'm going to make it happen one day. It's just like sitting down and like having that time to, to write. Because every time I think I, I'm going to have that time, um, something comes up in, in the acting world. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't right now because now I've got to like learn these lines or I've got to do this play or I've got to do like whatever. I'm not complaining about that. Like that's a good sure. problem to have, yeah, but yeah. I, I miss writing. Like I, I used to, like before when I was like struggling as as an actor and struggling with the acting, like I was putting out short stories all the time. I was I was getting novels out like all the, the time. Like there was publishers who like we're coming after me to write for them and to write stuff that they want to publish. And that never happens, you know, with, with writers, we're always going to the publishers and being like, please read my stuff, publish my stuff, you know, and then they, you know, they have a publisher come to you and be like, I want you to write this. And this is an idea that we have that we think you'll do really good with, with doing it. That was really nice. Um, so I want to get back to that level again with my writing. 
Uh, your short that you mentioned earlier, uh, one foot away, um, that's up on, that's on YouTube. So people, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, I think you should be able to find if you just say one foot away or if you just, um, it's on my, I found it while just looking you up on, uh, on YouTube. And I I was going to say, if you just type in my name, you, you can find it too. And, uh, you said it was up for war. Is it still playing festivals? Um, it's, I only entered it in like one festival. I want to enter my stuff in more, but again, it's just having that time to like actually sit down and research the festivals and be like, okay, which one would it be good? Um, this festival that it was in, I actually had three films that were in this festival and all three got nominated for awards. It's called the Ghastly Pumpkin Awards. Um, it's the first year that this film festival is going on. It was created by this um, filmmaker in Ohio named Matthew Mark Hunter. Uh, his company is MMH Productions. And his thing is like horror movies with an 80s twist. And I've done a lot of work for Matthew. It's kind of funny. I've been in a lot of his movies filming remotely here in California. And I've been in a lot of his um, stuff as a voice actor. But we've never met in person. Oh, really? Because I was yeah, actually asking you about him because I did see a lot of credits and I watched some of his shorts on, on YouTube. Yeah, and we've become really good friends and and we've never met in person. So when he started this um, film festival, I was like, well, I've got these horror shorts that I've done for this group I'm a part of and I haven't entered them in anything. Let's see, you know, and I figured, well you know doing it with a festival that's run with a friend if they totally suck maybe he'll like tell me in a nice way so <laughs> then i don't waste my time but then it's like you know all three of them got like nominated for multiple awards and stuff and i was like well shit maybe they are good maybe i do need to like enter them in in more things yeah. i never even thought that i could like direct that wasn't even something that was in my mind but then during COVID, during the lockdown i started just like directing stupid little things on my phone for casting directors that were just looking for ways to help keep us creative and then i did um this movie called um a pandemic and it was just basically celebrating like 50 years of filmmaking and we all got a year that we picked and then from that year we picked a movie and we had to create it with just stuff that was around our houses because it was in the middle of the lockdown. So it's like we couldn't like go out and do all that stuff. So I, I did The Exorcist and I used two of my stuffed animals and I did the voices for the scene um, with it. And I made like fake vomit from uh, construction paper and stuff <laughs> like that. And then Matthew did um, an anthology called Deadly Numbers and asked if I would direct something with that and so i did a, a movie for that called nine masks and the actors that i worked with really liked working with me um because as a director i do a lot of improv with my actors because that's like my style for horror i like that like you know found footage dark web cursed video stuff so i don't really have scripts with my stuff one foot away is the only one where i had like a proper script and i had a dp and all that because normally i just film stuff on my phone and i'm just like okay let's do this and like to make it as real as as possible um and then from that from doing like 
deadly numbers, I got involved with this group called Just Scare Me. And what that is, is it's a group of horror directors and we have two months to make a horror movie, maximum 10 minutes in length. And if you don't make it, if you don't deliver it by the time the deadline's up, you owe the group $100. So it's like that incentive of like, just be creative. And that's why Just Scare Me was creative of was was created it was like just make something just do it so i've been doing all these horror shorts for that for like the past like three or four months i'm like well what am i gonna do with these now how am i gonna get them out there so i'm like okay maybe i'll start looking at the festivals yeah you know that comes up a lot on the show uh people about advice it comes down to just doing it a lot of times where you know because you can think about a lot of things but if you don't do it you know what is it it's just the thought in your head and I think that's true with anything. I think, you know, we we think that it only has to be with creative people. But I mean, you know, look at the guy who invented, I don't know, Bitcoin or the Dogecoin thing. He was just like, I'm just going to do it. And now, like, look what happened. Or, you know, person who invented Stegosaurus balloons. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> Why don't we know who he is? We, we learn about who invented, you know the light ball but we don't know who invented the stegosaurus uh, balloon is that your favorite dinosaur by the way the stegosaurus no i actually like velociraptors okay nice i assume from jurassic park i think jurassic park really did a lot for the velociraptor uh popularity yeah um i actually liked them from a book that i read before jurassic park called raptor red and that was written by like that famous uh paleontologist the the oh my god i can't even think of his name right now um but he he's like the the real famous guy that back in the 90s like they they all like went and and i want i i almost said like robert ballard but i was like no he's the titanic guy (laughs) (laughs) oh see i didn't even hear the raptor before jurassic park so you're probably like all these Johnny come latelys are um, jumping on the Raptor bandwagon. After I've been a fan of them for a long time. Uh, so, what did you do during the pandemic? What? Well, how was that experience for you? We um, all share the same experience, I guess, but it's different for each person. No, honestly, um, it wasn't that bad for me. I I read a lot because I love to read. Like my my room is filled with books. So I was able to just like have the time to sit down and read all these books that I haven't read before. Um, I surprisingly and very lucky. Um, I was still busy acting and I did a lot of voiceover stuff during the pandemic, but I also did a lot of remote stuff. I did, um, this uh a friend of mine he did a a christmas special for this web series that he did and he contacted me and he was like the actor that originated this role can't do it he's like will you take over for this christmas special that i want to do and just film at your house he sent me this the script and i set up my phone and and i just i filmed it and then i sent it over to him um and I spent all my, like, anytime there was one of those, like, acting challenges that any of the casting directors or the directors put out of, like, hey, do a monologue and send it to us or whatever, I did those. I was like, okay, I got to keep my skills sharp. I got to, like, 
keep doing this. Um, I did, I did a play over zoom with the Tennessee stage company. Um, I, like I mentioned before, I did a, an immersive, uh, theater experience with black mass over zoom. Um, and I, I, I think why I wasn't really affected that much is I, I don't have like a day job. So I don't work in like a restaurant or a bar or retail. So when stuff shut down, the only thing that it affected, it was like, well, I can't go out to eat and I can't go out to, to bars with my friends like I like to do. And I can't go to the gym and I can't go to my martial arts studios. Like that was the only thing that was really like a change. But like my friends, like we still hung out on on Facebook video chats and and Zoom like uh, a group of my friends every Friday night uh, before the pandemic. And now, you know, now we're doing it since stuff is, is reopening. We would have a game night every Friday night. And so what we did is we just had it on Zoom and it was Sunday nights. We had Sunday night Zoom game nights and we would do the same type of thing. So I was still able to see my friends that way, you know, and I still like talk to people and stuff. So I wasn't like totally, completely isolated. And that's not to say that like, oh, the whole pandemic was like Pollyanna for me. Like, no, I had those moments where like I went fucking crazy and I got mad that I couldn't work out and that I couldn't train in, in the martial arts and that I couldn't go to live auditions and I couldn't go to the movies and I couldn't, you know, see my friends and I couldn't have sex and I couldn't do all that. Like I went through the depression and I went through like all of that, but it would only last like a couple of days because then I would pull myself up and I'd be like, well, look at all the stuff that you're still able to do. Like I was still able to go to acting class. My acting teacher, Kim Hopkins, she had Zoom acting classes and she didn't charge during the pandemic. I don't know of any other teacher that was like, hey, if you still want to like do acting and do all this, come study with me on Zoom for free, you know? And it was like every Saturday, she would just do it for like two or three hours. And I'm very lucky that I study with Kim because she's, one of the few acting teachers that is still legitimately working and she's with a, a big agency she's going out for big auditions she's going out for series regulars so even during the pandemic she was going out and doing self tapes so during class she was teaching us how to self tape she was teaching us how to do all that so that we'd be able to do it and able to book and we weren't those actors that were like i don't know how to do this setup i don't know what to do you know all of that so it was pretty good. I mean, there are some days when I'm like, can we get like the variant that like is really bad again? So we go into another lockdown because I got more books to read. <laughs> Maybe coming up, but the uh, um, what games did you got? Do you play over Zoom? So we played um, code names. Uh, we would play Jeopardy. What else did we do over Zoom? We would do Mafia, Werewolf. And then our friend Daniel would like create games based on like other game shows that we could do on Zoom because he casts for uh, the Game Show Network. So he like has a lot of knowledge about that. Um, but those were a lot of the games that we do in person too. Like we'll do Code Names, we'll do Mafia, we'll do Secret Hitler, we'll do all of that. 
Um, we'll are those real games? Or are these something you guys made up? I'm not sure. No, what those are those are all real games. You can go into like the the game stores and and you can get all of those. You can order them off Amazon. I'm a I'm a big guy game guy, but I I don't know those ones. Yeah, they're fun. They're strategy games. Um, I, I I suggest you look them up if if you like games. Get a get like a a horror nerd game night going. All right, all right, we'll set it up. I didn't even know what Zoom was until the pandemic. I think I had done one thing pre-pandemic on Zoom. So, uh, by the way, uh, Wizard of Oz, what was your favorite character in Wizard of Oz? I always liked the Wicked Witch. I mean, it's like, y'all have been talking to me for how long? Is that even, like, a question? <laughs> you think you could play the Wicked Witch? Probably. I mean, as a voice actor, I get uh, auditions to do a lot of witch cackles, so... Yeah, I noticed that when I was looking. Uh, how did you how did you get involved in voice acting? Because uh, sometimes people say it's a really hard uh, world to get into. It is. Um, it's it's a tight knit group, and again, it was just that was always something I wanted to do when I was a little kid. I always wanted to be a cartoon character. You know, I loved cartoons, and I would watch the cartoons, and I would be so fascinated by the people who brought them to life and i would as as a kid i would look at the credits after the cartoons and i would see who played who and then i would see okay what other shows are they working on and then i started to be able to hear you know oh okay that's the the actor from that okay that's the actress from that she's just modifying that voice slightly and i'm i'm still able to do that like i'll i'll look at um gameplays on youtube for the video games just to see like okay what voices is this studio looking for or who do they like to hire and i can usually pick out like who's the the voice actor the voice actress and be like okay that's so and so okay that's and then you know i'll like go on to imdb or whatever and try to figure out and usually i'm right um and usually i can tell who's doing like multiple voices uh for them uh but i just i i took some classes in voiceover work and i took some workshops with voiceover casting directors um i read uh susan blue's uh voiceover book which i think is the the best book um on the subject word of mouth i think any anyone who wants to to be a voice actor should read that and i got a a demo made i paid the money to, to go to one of the, the best demos that rock. And I just started submitting to agents and I got signed with an agent. And then I just, I did the same thing with my voice acting career that I did with my on-camera career. I would just send out my, my demo reel to casting directors, to video game companies that I wanted to work with. And sometimes they'd write back and be like, yeah, I've got something for you, read this. And sometimes they'd be like, I don't have anything for you right now, but come back in a couple of months. Um, the first video game that I did, Agony, I got that because I read an article about it. I thought it was an interesting concept. I found the company on Facebook. I wrote them a Facebook message. They had me send in voice samples for them. And then they hired me to do additional voices for, for the game. So it's just like, 
you know, it's, it's that thing of treating it like a business and knowing how to market yourself and then just having the balls to like ask. And like, I don't recommend like Facebook stalking people <laughs> or like, like you need to like really know your fucking skills if you're going to do that because it can backfire. So I am not recommending that. I've only done that. I was going to say I've only done that twice, but I've actually done that a lot of, of <laughs> but it works out like that's how i got yeah, don't my recommend it but it works out yeah. yeah i mean it worked for me i mean that's how i got my my current commercial agent because we were facebook friends and and they wished me a happy birthday and i was looking for an agent and i thanked them and then i just asked casually i was like are you taking new talent and they said you know well what are you looking for and i was like you know across the board and they had me send in the stuff and went in for a meeting and and did it but it was like i think it's worked for me because i don't do it like sounding desperate like oh please hire me or i really need this. <laughs> i like I just so ask. it never hurts to ask you know yeah, i, I just anything. like i i just ask i'm like oh are you are you looking for this okay. and if they say no i'm like cool and then i change the subject and i don't bring it up again you know the um when you do the voice acting is it the same as like on-screen acting as far as like direction goes or because you said you do a lot of remotely so i assume you record it then you send it in do they do they then like look at it and maybe tweak this and that or how, how does that work for when i do voice acting remotely right. or when I do on camera remotely uh voice acting so when i do uh voice acting i'll get the script and i, I it kind of depends on the project and who's doing it. There's sometimes like I get voice uh, scripts where it's just my lines and I have no context at all. So I'll just do a bunch of takes as I'm recording it in audacity and just give them like as much as I can so that they have stuff to play with. Um, I've had scripts where it will say the emotion that I'm supposed to do, like angry, happy, sad, you know, whatever. Um, I've had some projects where I'll get the full script for it so I'm able to read it so I know what's going on. Um, so then when I record my lines, I, you know, have the better understanding of that. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, I'll send it in and, and the director will, you know, be like, okay, cool. That's really good. I like it. Or they'll be like, oh, can you, you know, do the inflection on this line here? Or, um, you know, you mispronounced this name. Can you, you know, this is how you're supposed to do it. Or can you say this line like that? Uh, Marsh wants to know, have you ever looked into doing audiobooks? I have. Um, I actually am contracted to do a bunch of audiobooks that I haven't had the time to do it. And that's actually on my to-do list this holiday season to get all of those recorded so then I don't get fired from all of these wonderful authors that have been patient with me. Plus, I also just need some people to like help me format the thing when I, when I um, upload it to ACX because I'm, I'm a tech dummy. 
and I don't know anything about it. So I, I have a couple friends that are better with Audacity than I am. So then it's just finding that time of like, here's these, all of these files for these audiobooks. Can you please help me format them? And here's some money to like, to, you know, because I'm not going to ask my friends to do that kind of stuff for free. But yes, I, I, I have looked into doing audiobooks. I want to get these audiobooks I'm contracted done. Um, but they take a lot of work. Um, and, and they take a lot of work out of my voice, uh, cause the ones that I'm contracted to do, a lot of them are the, uh, science fiction and the fantasy. So it's a lot of these, you know, fantastical characters. So I'm doing like all these different voices and all these different ranges. Uh, so I can only do, you know, maybe record like one or two chapters and then I have to take like the day off to, to let my, my voice rest. Uh, it's kind of like when I do sometimes for video games and I'm doing like creature demon voices, like I can only like, then I have to take a couple of days off to, to rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I listen to audiobooks all the time and um, they're very long themselves. So I assume you actually recording them would take quite a while. Like uh, the longest have been like 40 hours, but even the one I'm listening to now is like 20 hours and the short ones usually about yeah. eight hours. So. And that's not like including all the times. All that, right. Up. You know, it's like, well, we'll be going. And that's like, oh, I mispronounced this word or, oh, I stumbled over that. Now I have to, to go back and redo that, you know, or, oh, I coughed in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, And it is annoying when someone does miss uh, when they say because uh, I listened to a Joe Hill book recently and they kept mispronouncing uh, Haverhill. Matt, they kept calling a Haverhill, which no one who lives in Massachusetts <laughs> call oh, it no. that. It was very annoying, I thought. But, you know. Uh, Mike B., <laughs> as a voice actor, what is Joe's opinion on big-name celebrities getting cast for box office versions of established animated series? Uh, it's a business. And I'm, I'm now saying this as someone who's worked as a producer casting director and a director um at the end of the day the studios the networks they want to make money they need to make money if they can get if they can get a, a celebrity who can do it i don't think that that's anything wrong with that but if they're just getting a celebrity who can't do it and they just want that celebrity because the celebrity has a name, but they're awful as a voice actor, which unfortunately a lot of celebrities are. They're not used to it. It's a whole different ballgame. Then that's wrong. Um, and if they get, if it's an established franchise and they're getting a celebrity to replace a voice actor, I would say I only agree with that if the if the voice actor who's done the series gives the celebrity their blessing. And if they're like, yes, that's fine. I support that. I want them to do it. You have my blessing. Go make this their own. But if the studios are taking that character from the, from the voice actor who has created this and then just giving it to a celebrity and it's, you know, you can tell it's a different person than, no, I'm I'm not for that. Um, and I, I, I don't think that the fans, especially the anime fans, 
are are for that either. I know anime fans and animation fans are very, very loyal. Video game fans too, I found out, are very loyal uh, to the to the voice actors, which I love. Um, and that's why it's hard for me to answer that question because if, if I was just a voice actor, I would say no, absolutely not. But again, since I've been in in that other situation and looked at it from there, like, and that's a bad thing about me. I always try to like look at, at both sides and and try to understand both sides. No, I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a business at the same time. So, uh, Tristan, do you have another question? Yes, Joe. I was looking at your IMDb and you have the craziest nicknames. So I'd really <laughs> love for you to elaborate on that. Um, I have Joe Blow from Kokomo, Full of Baloney, and Hip Hop Joe. So please tell me more about these nicknames. So Hip Hop Joe was my nickname when I was in Denver and when I was uh, a hip hop and break dancer. That's what they called me. That's what I called myself. Um, and that just kind of stuck. When I came out here when I, uh, to L.A., I had a radio show for a while and I, I played a lot of hip hop music and, and I that was my DJ name too. Like I just kind of kept it with that. Um, the other two is what my family called me when I was little. Um, my my aunts, a lot of my aunts and, and my mom uh, called me Joe Blow from Kokomo and, and Full of Baloney because it sounds like my, my last name, Filipponi. So they would call me Joe Full of Baloney. Um, because I was always like doing stuff to make my family laugh and to make any, you know, everybody laugh and doing all these like weird things and, and doing all these like weird little voices and making my stuffed animals talk and all of that stuff. So I was always just like, I was always that silly, weird kid. I didn't even get full of baloney till you explained it. Now, now, now it works. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're on, we'll, we'll introduce you as full of baloney, Filipponi. Definitely. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm going to have to like contact SAG and be like, that's my new nickname. <laughs> uh, well, since we're in December, do you have any favorite uh, Christmas or holiday movies? Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> I actually, I mean, this, that's like how big of a smart ass I am. Like I'll watch like all the Christmas um, horror movies. I have a like, soft spot. Even the really bad ones I think are entertaining. Yeah. They are because it's like they're just so funny. I'll, I even like to watch um, during December the the Tales from the Crypt. Uh, oh yeah, both of them the uh, yeah. the the old movie and the and the series. Yeah, because yeah. it's just so interesting to see how the series then expanded it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I, I I love the original one because I I mean Joan Collins is a great actress. I know people have like so many opinions on her, but you watch her stuff and she's an actress she knows what the fuck she's doing um but yeah even the the bad you know holiday movies i don't care what holiday it is like on <laughs> thanksgiving i watch thanks killing and thanks killing <laughs> there, <you go. laughs> there need to be and more thanksgiving so horror movies there's only a few of them yeah yeah um, a, i think there's more christmas horror movies than there are halloween horror movies there's there's so many probably there. right but to kind of be serious with the with the question, I do like It's a Wonderful Life. I'll watch that every year. I like Miracle on 34th Street. Um, 
And sometimes if I'm in the mood and just kind of want something like fun and a little cheesy, also because I hope to like be in them, I'll watch the Hallmark Christmas movies. I think some of those are fun. <laughs> I'm not watch a lot. Maybe I would like them. I don't know. Do you have a favorite version of a Christmas Carol? I like the Muppet Christmas Carol. Very good. That one's the balls. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too many bad versions, honestly. No. The Muppets one Michael Caine makes a good Scrooge, though. Yeah. Yeah. But for bad bad Christmas horror movies, uh, I would recommend Elves. With um, <laughs> I know he's not Grizzly Adams, but the actor <laughs> plays Grizzly Adams is in it. Yeah, I I think I just added that one to one of my watch lists on one of those streaming sites. It's the most bizarre story. Set your expectations pretty low, though. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, but it is fun. It's funny, like you were saying, just how many Christmas horror movies there are, and not just like American. There's like actually some pretty good foreign ones. Yeah, that I've that I've come across. Yeah, what's What's the the um, British one, Neil? That's really good. Um. I don't know. Oh, there's a couple of yeah. There was an independent one a few years ago. Yeah, and then there was um, uh, rare exports is a good uh foreign yeah. um Christmas uh, horror. Yeah, movie. That's a different take. Yeah, when they like uh like they capture Santa Claus and they're like they have him in a box and like they're buying him to like sell him. It's it's oh, very interesting. Strange. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it's and then there was uh one you Troy you like um Saint. Oh, Saint's really good. Yeah. Oh, yep. is is that the the Dutch one? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I've seen that one. That one's yeah, great. that one I enjoy a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I like they I like the kind of the undead Santa Claus in that one. Yeah. It's a great short tree venge. I think it's on YouTube. Oh yeah. Well, I'll look for it's, that. It's about killer Christmas trees. I like yeah. it quite a bit. It's actually really well made too, and uh, Marshall loves uh, the Grinch. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's can't go wrong with the Grinch. Yeah. So you just uh, finished making a movie because you've been up for like twenty four hours. You said you just uh, came <laughs> home. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what else are you, uh, do you have anything coming up? I have a lot coming up. So uh, for this month, I'm supposed to be filming. Um, a scene for black mass for a movie that they're doing and then in january i'm actually doing a show at zombie joe's underground here in north hollywood called dark dark ride ride i'm gonna be doing that um all through january which should be fun i did um urban death with them this last uh halloween and they're really cool if anyone's in in uh la check out a zombie joe's show they're really really cool and zombie's a really nice guy um and then in january i'm also uh gonna be filming a tv series called the cannibals um in february february i'm gonna be doing a movie it's an lgbt themed uh movie about a drug addiction. I've got a small role in that one, and I'm also working as the AD on that one. And then I'm just—I've got some other—I've got some stuff that I have to film uh, too. I have to film uh, this thing uh, this month 
for an anthology called Christmas Mashup at the Movies, where you take two movies and you mash them up together and you create a new scene from them. And I, I contributed something to Mashup at the Movies, the first one. I combined The Wizard of Oz and Nosferatu and did a nice. scene that. So for Christmas mashup at the movies, I'm going to combine Miracle on 34th Street and The Exorcist and, and do a scene from that. And I've, I've got to do a new uh, short for Just Scare Me by February 15th. So then I don't owe them $100. If I don't. <laughs> no, which I like because that gives you that I like incentive. That. Yeah. I don't want to lose $100. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Tris, you have another question? Do you have any advice for aspiring actors? Um, I would say get experience doing theater. Get experience doing student films and indie films. Um, and it doesn't matter where you are. Even if you're in, I don't know, Kentucky look at the colleges in Kentucky. They probably have a film department and send your stuff to them, to the film department and be like, hey, I'm an actor. Here's my headshot resume for when your students have to film their projects or film their final thesis or whatever. I'd love to be involved. I'm trying to get taped for my reel. Um, and even look up the uh film committee committees like every state has a film committee and so see who's involved with that see um if you can get involved with those people and and get on the radar for auditions when i was in denver and i wanted to transition into doing movies and stuff i like just googled movie auditions in colorado and I came across this website called the Colorado Actors and Screenwriters Association. I don't even know if they're still around, but it was an it was a website um, where people would just post auditions, and it would be uh, student filmmakers from the the Colorado film schools, or it would be indie filmmakers. Um, a lot of times, if there was uh, a bigger budget movie that needed local hires or needed extras they'd post that in the group so that people would get that chance to to be on set um and i say just go for it get into a good acting class with a teacher who's still working um and who knows how the business is now um and be yourself and that took me a long long time to to do that because i was one of those actors where i was always trying to like be like Oh, what do they want in this audition? I have to give them exactly what they want. And it, it never works. But when I'm just in there and I'm just myself and I'm just like, yeah, this is how Joe would do this character. This is how I would say the lines. Like I book and everyone's like, oh my God, you're so amazing. How did you do that? What did you do to create, you know, this audition or this character? And I'm like, I just learned the lines and I just said them. Um, and and if you're yourself, people want to work with the authentic you. And and people don't want to work with like some weird version that you're trying to create. Um, and I would say too, like create your own content, especially like now with YouTube and Vimeo and TikTok and Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram, 
you know, you can make a series on Instagram. You could make a series on Facebook. You could even make a series on Twitter. Just do it. Like every movie that I've shot, all of my movies, I shoot on my phone. I don't have a camera. I don't have any of that. And it looks good. I shoot on my phone. I airdrop it to my Mac and I edit it on iMovie because I'm stupid. I don't know how to use anything else. I can barely use iMovie, but my stuff looks good. And by creating my own content and good content and creating the kind of characters that I want to play and that I want to show I can play, I've gotten other roles. The movie that I just did in Sedona that I got back to LA from today, I got that role because the director, Dana Kippel, is a member of Just Scare Me. And she saw me in One Foot Away. And then she messaged me on Instagram and said, I wrote this character in Reflect based on what you did in One Foot Away. You inspired this character. Would you audition for him? So I auditioned. And like two or three hours later, she was like, I loved your audition. You made me laugh. You were the funniest one. Do you want to do the part? And I was able to go to Palm Springs and Sedona for six days and do a movie and have a little vacation. So do that. Like if, if you're, you know, uh, a woman and all you get is, I don't know, the role of the wife and you want to play a cop, make a movie or a scene where you're the cop and show that you can do that. If you're a guy and I don't know, you always play the nice guy, but you want to play the serial killer and you're really good at that, but you haven't gotten that chance yet, write a movie where you're the serial killer and knock it out of the park and put it out there, put it on your reel, put it, you know, make tape with that. Um, I, 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 you know, there's no excuse now for people not to do their own content and uh, to make their own stuff. Very cool. And now how can people follow you? See what you're up to. Um, I'm on all the social media. It's just my name, J-O-E-F-I-L-I-P-P-O-N-E. I'm on Facebook. I've got the personal page. I've got the fan page. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I've got the YouTube uh, channel as well. So yeah, follow me. I'm pretty good about following back. Um, unless, you know, sometimes on Twitter and Instagram, you kind of like, you reach that limit where it's like, oh, you can't follow anymore. So I'll have to like go and purge. Um, I'm pretty good about responding back to messages. I like talking to people as you can't probably tell. (laughs) I like, you know, if, if people like have a question about, I don't know, voice acting, acting, you know, whatever they want to move out here, but they're scared or whatever. I've talked to people about that. I've told my story about doing it. You know, I've helped people do stuff. I've given them advice. So I'm pretty easy to, to get a hold of and to, to reach. Very cool. Well, it was nice to meet you. Nice oh, to talk yeah. with you. Yeah, it was great talking to you guys. Yeah. So thanks thank for coming you. on. Yeah, right. thank you so much. Of course. Anytime. Well, we'll do it again sometime. And before yeah. I leave, do you want to say a happy birthday to uh co-founder here, Troy of the- Terrible oh, Troy. Thank yes. you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Everything's been wonderful so far. It's been a 54 is a good age to be. Very good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye.